Hovis, everybody. Let him hear Yeah, all right. So I'm 6'8", and well over 100 pounds. Sometimes when you're real tall, people will give you strange compliments. Like some guy called me a tall drink of water. What does that mean? I mean, I am 70% water. Another guy, I think I know what he meant. What he meant was, I wish I was tall like you. What he said was, I want your body. <laughs> or sometimes people just say the two words. They'll just say, you're tall. <laughs> Who's that for? <laughs> I know I'm tall. You now know that I'm tall. Am I supposed to say obvious things about you? <laughs> you're wearing khakis. <laughs> you're pregnant. No? We are back. Hello and welcome. Welcome back to Comedian Ordinaire, the world's most okay podcast. Recording in the middle of a pandemic uh, that I feel like everybody is going through. What a weird thing, right? Everybody is going through the exact same thing. And I hate to say it, but JCPenney is saying something right. We are literally all in this together. And I know JCPenney says that because they have a sale related to whatever the BLM movement right? Suddenly all darker clothing is like half off. I'm not here trying to promote anything. We are literally all in this together. It's absolutely insane. No sale here. Literally just saying that. It feels like the first thing in a long time that is universal. It's ubiquitous for the people. It's everywhere. You can't not think about it. You, you got to live your life thinking about it Whatever side you're on, if you think it's political, if you don't, you got to think about it. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and as you can tell, I'm losing my mind. I'm absolutely losing my mind in all of this. Um, but I'm very excited to share this interview today. Uh, got another comedian back on the podcast. Uh, so shout out to Big Jake Hovis. Um, and you know what? Actually, before I get into all of this, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by telling a friend, um, and if you don't have a friend, they're very hard to make, and they're a lot harder to make in the middle of a pandemic, but if you somehow get the courage to pull your mask down and maybe touch elbows with somebody else, slip in the fact that you listen to Comedian Ordinaire, because I think that's the best way for a podcast to grow, is word of mouth. Um... It's also the best Ludacris album. I'm pretty sure I've already said that before, but here we are again. Um, so, yeah, you can do that. You can reach the podcast at comedianordinaire at gmail.com. All of that is in the description of today's episode, which, again, features Big Jake Hovis, um, somebody who I was really hoping I would just kind of run into out there, like in the comedy Denver world. Um, it's a name that I've heard. Uh, I've seen his post and... You know, I've watched some of his stand-up before, 
So I was familiar with Jake, and I was so excited when he reached out and said that he wanted to be a part of this because, man, somebody who's just a fan of so many different comedians, for somebody to be like, hey, I would like to do that, it's just, it means the world to me. Thank you so much, Jake. Um, and in this interview, you'll get to meet Jake and just sort of realize and learn like how personable he is, and he's so easy to talk to. You can tell this guy cares about comedy, and he cares about his career and his wife, and my guy just has such a great life set up for himself, and he has such a positive outlook. You can hear it in his tone and his voice and everything that he's saying. Um, it's all very deliberate with Jake, um, and the positivity man, does not go unnoticed. Uh, I am incredibly inspired when I get to talk to people who care about comedy and life and bettering yourself this much. Uh, You know, in this interview and talking to Jake, you get to learn about different experiments that he's doing. You know, he bought jokes off of Fiverr. Um, Just a really unique idea, and we kind of break that down. Uh, We break, I guess we don't really break down, but... You know, Jake has also been working on some sketches, um, just a creative mind at work. And, man, I'm just, I'm excited to see this guy back out once everything goes kind of back to normal or whatever normal we get next. I'm excited to see what he's doing out there. Um, So shout out to him. I also find it interesting that so far, most of the comedians that are interested in doing this podcast are a little bit newer. Um, And I wonder if that's because you might have more ambition or optimism the earlier you are in your comedy life. Um, Or if the more experienced comedians just have no idea who I am and don't think I'm I don't and don't think I'm serious. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's a weird pattern that I guess I've recognized that a lot of these comedians, I mean, some of them maybe have been doing it like barely a year. It's so crazy to think about all of the different comedians who I'm like, how long have you been doing it? And they're like, my year anniversary is coming up in an hour and a half. And I'm like, that's insane. It's so crazy. It feels like you're brand new. It feels like I'm brand new to this. Um, And in just a year, uh, Jake has already gotten this good at joke writing, Um, has already been featured at Comedy Works a few times, uh, you know, I say featured. I don't know, man. It's 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 awesome. It's so cool to see newer comedians really get that strive going. I remember in my first year, um, just like how ambitious and after it I was, and I just wanted to try and get better. And now it sort of seems like my main focus is uh, not panicking before every set. Um, and I haven't done a set in a while, but, you know, again... All that is covered uh, in this podcast. I feel like I've talked a lot in front of this one. Um, It's just a weird time, and a lot of things are going on. Um, And I guess if you would like an hour of distraction before you get back to protest and rallies and throwing tear gas back at police officers, um, well, tune in because we're going to talk about comedy in this one and what it's like to do a Zoom show, what it's like to be a teacher and a comedian simultaneously, of course, and why Jake chose to work clean and sort of the decision-making behind that and what it's like writing from that perspective. We get into all of that. It's all incredibly interesting, especially if you're a comedy nerd, uh, like I am for sure. So 
Anyways, all that being said, without further ado, my guest today is a Denver comedian slash high school teacher. He's best described as a tall drink of water and recently appeared on a rebooted version of the hit sitcom Home Improvement. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Big Jake Hovis. How are you, man? Yeah, good. I'm good. Man, first of all, like, how are you handling everything right now? Like, are you staying sane or? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's it's a little frustrating. So school just ended for teachers. It's ended for the kids about a week and a half ago. For, but for us, uh, yesterday was the first day of summer summer break. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's always something to look forward to. Um, but the yeah i mean like the end of that semester basically between spring break and the end of the year i mean we were doing remote stuff we were doing online we were yeah and that's not super fun that's not really why you become a teacher yeah what's that like from the teachers end because i know like i mean a lot of my family like they had to stop school and then their parents have to teach them basically like what is that like for you yeah so i'm doing high school and uh-huh. so that the parents really weren't involved with my classes at least. And so uh, what we would do is it would be a little conference or whatever. And basically I'm the only one on screen and all the kids are in the chat room and they'll like ask questions or whatever in the chat room. So my, my classes are a little bit more discussion based. Mm. Uh, I teach speech and debate and ethics. Nice. So, yeah. So those are a little bit weird. Uh, their final project for speech and debate, they just recorded a speech and uh, uploaded it, and then we watched it all together. So, okay. Man, I got I got a lot of questions about the teaching specifically. I'm sure other comedians ask you all the time, like if you ever test things out on students. I guess, uh, like, do you, if there was anything else that you could teach, what would you want to teach? Yeah, um, I mean that's a good question. Uh, I would probably history is always fun. Uh, mm. I, I'm a big I'm a big history fan. Uh, there there are things like that. I think just straight uh, rhetoric or logic, something like that. I mean those have those have a place in speech and debate. Right, right. But a more specific, I think that would be uh, a lot of fun. Are you a good debater? Like, do, are you good at arguing? Probably I'm, more, I'm probably more annoying than anything. Okay, okay. So like, if someone says something, I like, I, okay, what's your evidence for this? Uh-huh. How do you prove this? What do you mean by this? Uh, and so a lot of the questioning. Um, so people, you know, post stuff on Facebook all the time, and I'm like, those are just those are just claims. You have no warrant, and I'm right. the only one that's thinking that. So mm-hmm. you know. Do you win arguments with your wife ever? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm all about right. the only guy. I'm about nice, the only guy man. to do, yeah, every once in a while. Congrats on that. Do your, <laughs> uh, do your students know about your stand-up at all? They do, yeah. Um, so they, they, a lot of them follow me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And on Instagram, I'll, I've posted uh, quite a few uh, little clips. And a couple of them, I think only, only one or two have come to a show. Mm. Uh, I had a show at the Voodoo. And one, one kid showed up. He didn't tell me he was showing up, but he found it out because he, he's following me on Instagram. Nice. And then um, the school found out that I'm doing stand-up. Okay. And they said a couple of things. Well, I, I, they like during the Christmas party for the staff, we usually do a little bit of entertainment. And a couple of years ago, I did some improv. Uh-huh. That didn't go great. <laughs> but no. this <laughs> then it's like, well, let's let's have you do like twenty minutes of stand up. 
So I did that uh, for all the teachers, but that, that also led to um, doing 20 minutes for the senior night. Okay. So absolute worst room you could ever think of. Why? To do Why? stand up. It was the gym. Right. Okay. So, we got, <laughs> so just bad acoustics out the gate. Terrible acoustics. Okay. The the microphone, the cord wasn't long enough. So you had to stand like with your back against the wall. Uh, so in this giant ceiling, I mean, these gyms are huge and they're not packed in, you know, they're all out there. Yeah. And oh my goodness. And then of course it, they're all sober. And they're oh all, yeah. It's off. It's over. They're all there with their parents. <laughs> Do you work clean at all though? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm you pretty, work clean. All the clips that I've seen, I don't hear like any swears or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm pretty much exclusively clean. That's that's part of the reason why I don't mind the kids knowing about it, right? Okay. So like otherwise you would kind of have to keep keep them at bay just so you don't get in trouble with parents or the the school or whatever. Mm. But with my stuff, I I'm I pretty much you know, I'm just a clean guy. I, that's, was that intentional? Like, is it because you knew people were going to find out and, or is that just how you are? Like, do you curse in your normal life? I don't No. Okay. Uh, part of the reason is, is because I'm a teacher and I, I get to thinking and talking so fast and just blurt things out that I'm mm-hmm. like, if I start doing that, I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. And I've already gotten in trouble. At least I wasn't cursing though. When I got <laughs> I got in trouble, so that's better. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I think part of it is also from the comedic standpoint is some of the guys that I really like are clean guys. Uh, I like the dirty, I mean, you know, the Bill Burrs of the world. Those guys, I like think. What clean hilarious. guys are you talking about? Uh, Brian Regan, one of the best, Classic, my favorite. Yeah. My my Maybe my favorite, which is weird for a guy from Colorado, is I love Jeff Foxworthy. Oh I, really? Yeah, I, he oh, was the wow. it was the first comic album I ever had when I was like twelve or thirteen. Uh-huh. I remember it was a cassette, and I would just I would just play that thing all Whoa. day every day. You might be his biggest fan. I've never heard that. I've yeah. never heard anybody say Jeff Foxworthy for all time great. Yeah, so that's I, funny, I mean, man. I I, I I just love some of those things. And the so in the blue collar stuff that kind of happened while I was you know in high school, and and I loved. Love that Ron White. When I the first time I played Comedy Works, Ron White was there. Whoa! I, of course, way too nervous to talk to him. Ah, uh, but it was awesome. Really Whoa, fun. that's crazy. That was uh, I heard about like a new talent night or something like that, yeah. and then he just showed up. He just showed up. <laughs> Jeez, were comedians bombarding him? What was that like? Was no, he just alone? Um, he was. He he showed. We thought he was going to show up, like right before he was going to go on stage. That uh-huh. was the that was the word, and they said, "Hey, be cool." <laughs> and uh, what ended up happening is he showed up probably forty minutes before that, and he went into the green room and he just sat down. And uh, I remember them bringing him bourbon, but he didn't he didn't drink it. Hmm. Um, he, I think he brought his own. I don't. It was it was it was a, it was kind of a blur to me because I'm doing my my first two minutes. Yeah, and that's that's what's happening. <laughs> Did that make you more nervous knowing that he was kind of in the building or? A little bit. It was also um, what it, what it meant was the the place was sold out. Okay. Um, so it was a hundred percent full, to the point that my wife didn't buy tickets like early enough. They sold out like two days before. Oh wow! And so she wasn't there. My 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 brothers, uh, one of them especially, who would have definitely come, 
Uh, he's like, dude, it's sold out. Um, so I'm there kind of alone uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, doing two minutes to, uh, Man. to Ron White's audience. That's wild. Um, again, one of my questions, what are you doing the most during this time? Like I, you said that you were kind of doing school stuff, but yeah. is there something that you've just been focusing on or like slacking off favorite distraction? Ooh, let's, let's see. Um, the, the big thing that I'm doing besides just wasting time on YouTube <laughs> would be, uh, uh, doing a lot of writing, um, doing a lot of these, online uh, open mics the zoom shows uh, the zoom shows I've done, yeah. done some zoom shows done some open mics done some um improv I'm what are those improv. like how is that They're different weird. from normal because the timing right it's a little bit different or yeah yeah the timing and, and it's funny i, I did one uh, little instagram live interview on sunday mm-hmm. and in that the guy was saying hey um to the previous person, the one, the comic right before me, what do you think about it? What are your ideas? And she said, well, you got to be more conversational in the zoom uh, comedy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I a hundred percent disagree. Yeah. I think when you're doing the zoom comedy stuff, you really got to be punchy. You really got to be set up. Yeah. You got to yuck it up. Line. You can't talk to them really. Cause there's such a weird delay that yeah. I can't get over. Like even, doing this podcast i know before i used to like to go to comedians houses and just talk to them and see them and it's just so much easier like that but there's like a half second thing where now i have to listen longer and i don't want to interrupt people are you getting that when you're doing zoom shows oh yeah and one of the weird ones so one of the the ones i did recently was uh last week i did a show for uh eighth graders so these are nice yeah at the end of their eighth grade year they go to this this school in new jersey and at the end of their eighth grade year, they usually take a trip, like a school trip. It got canceled, of course. So they contracted with uh, uh, somebody in, in Denver, and he asked me to do it. And uh, so these kids are doing uh, the thing. And the weird thing is, is you know, as a comedian, you've got the microphone. If you tell a good joke, a lot of times a good joke will get repeated. Yeah. You know, like yeah, the as, if they, right. yeah, as if they didn't just hear it. But now you can hear it very, very clearly. <laughs> oh, brutal. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's right. Because your voice isn't louder than theirs, you know? Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, because oh, everyone has a microphone now. Yep. Oh, wow. I never thought about that. Uh, how long have you actually been doing stand-up comedy? Yeah, so stand-up uh, since March of 2019. Okay, so, so you're pretty yeah. new to it. Yeah, pretty new to stand-up. Uh, started in uh, – started – First in improv, did a lot of improv. Uh, in in 2018, that whole year, I, I uh, performed 83 times. Oh, kept wow. Kept a spreadsheet. Uh, nice. And then at the end of that, I, you know, part of it is getting a little bit disillusioned with it. And I, I felt like we weren't putting on the best shows. Hmm. And uh, one of the things that really happened was at, at the end of 2018, I was in this sketch show uh, at the Bovine in Denver mm-hmm. and they had a, a part in it where there's this big musical number and this guy had to do a costume change. Well, after the, well, during the costume change, they were like, Jake, go out there by yourself and just talk to the audience for like four minutes <laughs> to get them to get it time to do the costume change. Mm-hmm. So that was my job. And part of it was to make like little announcements like, Hey, if you like us, here's the website, whatever. Sure. But it was 
the first time I was on stage by myself after, I mean, after doing improv for years. Yeah. It's the first, and I'm like, this is interesting and, and fun. And It's like taking and, the training wheels off a little bit, right? Because you're used yeah. to all these people on stage at the same time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really used to reacting. Like, mm. I mean, you can drive us. I can drive a scene, but in improv, uh, a lot of the real funny stuff comes from you said, you, you say something and then I can make a joke from it. Sure. As opposed to you doing it all yourself. Set up and punch. Yeah. yeah. Were you nervous just standing there for the first time, like all by yourself? Yeah. 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 The first few times I was, I was real nervous. Um, got, got, you know, used to it. And I've been dreaming about stand. I guess the first time I did um, any stand up open mic was years ago. I mean, I, mean, I don't even count it because I went one time to one open mic in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, Why don't you count it? Well, I mean, so, so like, should I say that I've done, done stand up for 10 years as opposed to like, I did it uh, once 10 years ago. And that's then the way to I, say it. Yeah, yeah. The second way. <laughs> I've been doing it. I mean, it's been on my mind for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, that's crazy. So I know you had to go through a lot of school to be a teacher. Yeah. I've just realized basically your whole life, you've also had summers off, right? Since you were a kid up into your adult life, you've always had summers <laughs> off. That's amazing. I'm just pretty realizing. Much, pretty much. Yeah. I, I've done some internship stuff during the summer. I uh, lived in Seattle for two summers um, and did a, did a few other things here and there. When I was living in Kentucky, I came back to Denver for a summer to work here uh-huh. but yeah there's i've had a lot of summers off but you um, always go into like relaxation mode around may where you're yeah. just kind of like ah oh, god what a life it's actually um, more like it's it, what it really is more like is okay we're gonna pause work and now let's pursue dreams okay so, wow um, like last summer i got i went ham on on stand-up um and the summer before that uh you know i took a bunch of improv classes and um I got bored and, and I worked at my dad. Uh, he, he runs a hotel mm-hmm. and I worked at the hotel just to get more money for improv classes. Wow. So I just keep taking more, imp- you know, and that was my, that was my thing a couple of years ago. Nowadays it's a, uh, it's a little different, but yeah. yeah. I mean, now we're sitting in closets. I get it, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I, like I'm saying, like, so it takes so much time to become a teacher. It takes a lot of dedication. It seems like it's yeah. very much a deliberate decision. I'm wondering yeah. when you decided you wanted to be a comedian or like what aspiration came first? Was it teaching or was it comedy? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Um, I felt, uh, I, I feel like I found teaching not by looking for it. Um, I, I started a tutoring company in uh, Louisville, Kentucky um, to try to put myself through grad school. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was a good idea. I kind of liked that. And then, uh, one of my former teachers called me up and said, Hey, we've got a new school here in Denver or in South Denver, and we want you to come uh, apply for a job. And so I, he told me to apply for the job. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I've got a pretty good chance, chance of getting this job. It seems like, wow. So that was seven years ago. I just finished my seventh year uh, teaching and it was more, it's more, but I, I mean, I do absolutely love it. But nowadays, yeah, nowadays it it feels like you know I found comedy in in, in a similar way, like because hmm. um, I started with improv, and there was a time when I absolutely loved improv, right? And like that was that was the thing, 
But now, I mean, this new this new girl's on the block, and man, goodness, yeah, she's I hot, am man. It. Yeah, yeah, oh my goodness. But like, where did this performing bug come from? Like, you had an itch to be a yeah. performer. Like, where where does that originate? That's a good question. So, um, there's there's a couple of I, I'm going to answer that in like two ways. Mm-hmm. So the first way was I took these improv classes. Mm-hmm. And I remember them saying at the beginning of these improv class, and the reason I took them was because I didn't have enough friends. That okay. was the biggest reason. Sure, it's like everybody yeah. I knew was high school students, or <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a religious dude, so like they're either at the church uh-huh. or they're high school students. Like I don't know any normal people. I want to know more normal people. So I took these improv classes, and the first couple of classes, they're like, well, if you want to perform, well then. You should do things like this. And I'm like, perform? Perform. Hmm. And then you go mm. to a couple of shows and you're like, well, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm better than that. Yep. This is why I, sure. I, if somebody wants to do stand-up, go to open mic. You're going to oh, think I'm better than that. You're so motivated immediately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I did, I did that. And then I remember one time I just really early in improv, I've, I've taken classes maybe for a month. Mm-hmm. So super early in it, there came this opportunity to do this um, competition in its short form, like whose lines anyway style mm-hmm. uh, competition of two teams, and then one team moves forward. I'm like, well, that sounds fun. And I remember the first competition, the place is about a 70 seat theater, and there's probably 60 people there. So it's pretty big, pretty packed for this venue. And make a joke, and the whole place erupts. And I'm like, nice. oh my goodness. Oh yeah. And it's basically okay, we gotta keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's a great feel it's the amazing feeling, yeah. right? So yeah, so you go through that and then how long until you do stand up, I guess for the technical first time, if you don't yeah. want to count Louisville. Yeah. So, so how the, long from, until the first time? From then to stand up is probably may maybe close to two years. Two years. Yeah. What do you think? Was it on your mind at all? Like, are you writing yeah. jokes up until that point, or? Yeah, I was writing ideas down. I didn't know how to write jokes yet, uh-huh. right? Because that, that that takes a little while of of being able. But you just write like funny stories. Sure. Like, okay, that's a funny story. Okay, but um, I wasn't really writing jokes. And the other the other thing that like the performance aspect of like I'm in front of I'm a teacher, so I'm in front of a crowd, you know all day right um, so it doesn't it feels pretty natural up there and then i also i was a preacher for several years and oh this is so up like, your alley then it's, you're it's just up the meant alley. to talk to people that's I'm what it meant is to stand in the front and talk to people okay. and then completely disappear <laughs> <laughs> that first time what was it like do you remember any jokes oh, from yeah. that first set or like how well, did it go yeah it was uh it was, it was i remember several things from it so um because it wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. So here, here's, here's a couple of things. Is it was at uh, Ruby's uh, in, in Westminster. Okay. And uh, it was, you know, you show up, it was a list order mic, which is nice because I, I didn't realize that if you're new, they put you up last all the time. Yeah. So this was, a, this was a list order mic. And I went up like, I think, third or fourth, something like that. And it was five to seven minutes and I did seven minutes. Nice. Yeah. And I had to I had my little notebook and I had to look at my notebook a few times, Sure. which I hate. Uh, but I recorded it all. I had it all voice recorded. I had a little, had my phone in my pocket recording. 
And uh, when I got home, I opened a spreadsheet, right? I'm a spreadsheet guy. Mm-hmm. So I opened a spreadsheet and I put in the date and then the list of every single bit that I did and then what my re- reaction was to it. And I scaled it on a one whoa, to 10. Whoa. And, saying, and, and, and then I thought, I had this thought, I'm like, if I keep doing this, uh-huh. if I do this after every set, I'm going to get really good at this really quick. Whoa. Yeah. Super analyzing it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like what joke? Spreadsheet style. Spreadsheet style. And like, what did I like? What did I didn't, what, what didn't I like? Um, my, I really only had one bit that I liked and uh-huh. I pretty quickly got, ri- got rid of it. So almost everything from that first uh, set, I just like died. Uh-huh. Um, but the only bit that I really liked is uh, I, adding ING into a movie title and how it changes the movie title. Like you go from die hard to die harding. <laughs> and now you're trying to kill, um, you know, Nancy oh, Kerrigan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, a guy named you're Nancy Kerrigan, you know, whatever. <laughs> or uh, you go from Jurassic park to Jurassic parking. Like that was the only bit. And it was so stupid. <laughs> That's an English teacher joke, man. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like you probably told that joke at school sometime. That's very it, funny. It, it's funny. One of the, yeah, I've done a lot of jokes where I, this, I a hundred percent came up with this joke on the, on the spot uh-huh. at, while talking to students in class. One of those is, one of my favorite jokes is this yoga pants joke. And I say, uh, so uh, my wife has like a lot of yoga pants and they look super comfortable, but apparently they don't come in my size. Uh, but they stretch. They get a little see-through, but they stretch. And I figure if life gives you Lululemons, you make lemonade, right? I did that, like, because I was talking to some of the students, and they were talking about Lululemons, and I didn't know what that was. And I'm like, these are the fancy yoga pants. I'm like, oh. Maybe they come in my size or get a little see-through and the place, they like that joke. So I'm like, all right, write that down. <laughs> that's a great one, man. Yeah, when I was watching that, I was like, oh, that's just like the perfect tag for that. When life gives you lemons, you make Lulu, when life gives you Lulu lemons, that's it. Yeah. Amazing, man. Yeah, I would be proud of that too. Yeah. Would you describe your style as like one-liner type or... I mean, because what I'm when I'm watching, I'm seeing there are a lot of punchlines that are separate from each other. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I feel like I haven't quite 100% found my style yet, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not quite um, one-liner. I don't think uh, I, I would consider myself very set-up punchline, very very punchy in that way, um, and I'm doing that on purpose, but. Um, one of the things, so I, I did this online open mic last night mm-hmm. in, uh, for flappers. So flappers is a little bit weird cause you have to pay five bucks to do the open mic. Mm. But I was like, I'm going to do it at least once. So let me go there. And they didn't tell us how much time we had. And so it ended up being three minutes and I got a lot of laughs in three minutes. And that's what I think I, I can do is get a lot of laughs in a short amount of time. Cause some of my bits right. are real short. Yeah. 30, 40 second bits. Um, and so what I'm trying to do now um, is to 
to get these more together so that one bit is more like three minutes as opposed to, you know, 30 seconds. How do you do that? Like, are you combining jokes yeah. or, okay, you're not expanding on one and like just trying to go on and on? Yeah, I mean, you can, you can I, I, I need to, you know, try to expand on some of them, but I'm more combining than anything. Okay. So like thematic uh, combining. Here, here's one that I wrote recently. Uh, I said, uh, I'm starting a dating app mm-hmm. for people who love cheese. Uh, I'm going to call it craft singles. <laughs> and then I, I go into this next joke of like, if I eat too much cheese, I get a little tootie and uh, my wife will call me Jupiter because I'm a gas giant. Oh, so that's man. that joke. And I'm trying to put those together. Like every time those two are together, Okay, but those really are two different kind of jokes. Right. right. Only bound together by cheese. That is only. literally <laughs> the only thing they have in common. There's a layer of cheese right over both of them. <laughs> That's I right. get it. Is that because you want to have longer bits? You don't want to be a one-liner guy? Well, I think it's more of it's easier to remember. Uh, really? That's, that's part of it is because if you're – if I'm doing, um, you know, five minutes and I have to think about eight 30 bits, different jokes. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. If you're doing one-liners, they're tough. short. Yeah. It's tough. And, um, you know, I, w- I would like to – that's one of the places – there's a couple of challenges that I want um, to do this summer. Uh-huh. Um, one of them is – uh, more story, right? More story-based jokes, um, because everybody's got good stories, and uh, you know I think I've got some good stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one would be kind of the Bob Newhart style. I love that. But, I don't know Bob Newhart that much. What do you mean? Yeah, so he does this thing, and he oh my goodness, Bob Newhart, I absolutely love him. Okay, but he he almost invented stand-up comedy. It seems like. Oh wow! Um, okay, and because uh, what he, he he couldn't work out any of his material, he would just call his friend on the phone, and they would talk back and forth, and like, oh, I think this is funny, and then he got a record deal, and, <laughs> and wow. recorded it for two weeks in Texas, and then he uh, they put the record out and became number one for weeks and weeks and weeks. Wow! In the fifties. And it's the button-down mind of, of Bob Newhart. So I'm like, what? Anyway, he what he does is his style is he's on the phone and he's uh, doing one side of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of, you can fill in the gaps of what the other person is saying, mm-hmm. but he's just doing the one side of the conversation. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a lot of writing too. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever met a student that's taller than you? Uh, I, have, I have met a student who is 6'8". Okay. But I don't think I, I think I was a little bit, I mean, I'm, I'm six, eight and five eights. So okay. I'm like, a I'm little, five, seven and a quarter. <laughs> I get it, man. Yeah. The quarters and the thirds, they matter. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the weird thing is, is so I'm closer to six, nine. Uh-huh. And so most guys would say six, nine. Right. But I find that a little bit crass. <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> Is it because it's the number six nine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so I uh, like on 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 the when I play basketball, the program would list me at six nine. My mom, she gave me a T-shirt, mm-hmm. and uh, on the back it just said six foot, you know, nine nine mm-hmm. inches. But it's just this giant sixty nine on my back. <laughs> I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, are there certain subjects you won't talk about in comedy? Probably. Um, and, and that's the, that's the thing is I think, um, I was talking, I was, I was, um, 
you know, I, I always am, am interested in, you know, podcasts and um, people talking about clean comedy because that's I'm, I'm legitimately very interested in it. Mm-hmm. And what I want is make people laugh and not divide. I mean, right. the, 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 the guy that is like super funny for, you know, half of the audience and the other half of the audience is ticked off. He's not funny then, hmm. you know? And so like, that's what I would want to do. Be able to bring them together. So like some of the things I want to talk about on stage is just, just cause I don't think that they're funny. I don't think that they're, they're good. I think that I also, and honestly, I think a lot of it is laziness. Yeah. Right. Um, so many open micers just go for penis jokes again and again and again. And it's just like, I get it. Yeah. You don't have one. Right, so, right. um, so kind of things like that then i i get it too i mean i i've been doing it off and on for a while i guess i would describe myself as clean i remember even like three or four times that i ever cursed on stage didn't feel right yeah it felt weird and when i went back and listened to the recordings i'm like there's something different about it like i didn't write it with the curse word inside of it and it just i don't know it takes it away i kind of get what you're saying their their jokes are so much harder to write though when you're just trying to go clean there's a whole different rhythm. Yeah. And you can't, you know, you can't do those, those, a lot of those double entendres there, there. And that's the thing I do. And one of the, one of the advices, advice that people will give you is, you know, don't censor yourself in your notebook. Right. Mm, so right. if I think something is funny, even if it's dirty, I write it down mm-hmm. and then I'm like, I have other comedic friends. I'm like, do you want that bit? Cause I'm not going to really? say it. it's not, it's not for, it's not for my persona. My, it, it wouldn't work for me. You know, wow. I'm talking, I'm doing these goofy cheese jokes. Sure. I can't <laughs> then talk about that. Interesting. So you've given jokes out to people before? They don't take them. <laughs> I've <sighs> offered them. <laughs> yeah. That's funny, but, man. I mean, talking about giving away jokes. I saw you recently did like before the year began a comedy experiment yes. where you got jokes from Fiverr. <laughs> Yes. I mean, first of all, I have a lot of questions about that, but would you ever do that? Would you sell jokes on Fiverr? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that would be a blast. Yeah. I uh, love writing jokes. Like, uh-huh. I like, I, I enjoy performing, and I would say I love performing, but I might like writing jokes more. I wow. love writing jokes, and so uh, it's so exciting. And the thing, maybe the thing I like about it is because you know, no one can take it away from you. Nobody can give it to you. No, it's like, you want to write jokes, go write jokes as opposed to, I would really like to be on that stage, but I can't. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I would love to write jokes uh, for other people. That would be awesome. I mean, yeah, if you have these dirty ones that you don't just tr- sell them for $6 or $9, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, what, what, where did the idea come from to buy jokes from the internet and then go and perform them? <laughs> Never heard of that. Yeah. And you didn't mention in the performance that, hey, I, I got these jokes. These aren't mine. Yeah. You just said them. I just said them. Yeah. I tried to own them as much as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And so I think I was farting around on Craigslist, which is a great way to start a story. Sure, and sure. Um, I just looked up comedians or comedy or something. And there's this guy who says, I'm a comedian. I'm going to sell jokes. I'm like, man, it would be interesting to buy his jokes and then see if they're any funny, if they're funny. Mm. And uh, so I went back to look at him and his, he deleted his post. Uh-huh. So 
then I thought, well, let's try let's try Fiverr. Nice. And and there's also a way to make some internet content that would be like sustainable. Like you, uh-huh. I could do that again and again and again if it kind of caught on, you know. So um, the first one, uh, I ended up spending eleven bucks to mm-hmm. buy the buy the jokes and they were a lot better than the other jokes but yeah. i'm like this website's called fiverr i need to find five dollar jokes ah uh, so okay the did you did you good. like those jokes when you heard them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i thought uh, i knew what they would do because in the in the parameters are like what kind of jokes do you want uh-huh. and i said i want jokes that are um clean okay uh, that are basically self-deprecating uh-huh. And um, here's what I am. I'm a very big guy. I'm married, whatever. Um, I'm a teacher. And so they wrote jokes. And basically, they roasted me. Sure. <laughs> I basically sure, paid a course. guy 11 bucks to make fun <laughs> of me. Um, so that was pretty funny. I thought that was interesting. Are you going to do this again? Are you going to go back and buy more? And I might. Yeah, yeah, I might. Um, I do think a Zoom show full of jokes that aren't yours. <laughs> Just try it. <laughs> You're buying the rights to them. Do them on Zoom. That's right. That's, um, right. that's funny, man. So these are some of my favorite questions to ask comedians specifically. I think one of the biggest compliments one comedian can give to another is, I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah. Is there any joke that you've seen from another comedian, be it amateur here in Denver or professional, that you wish you would have thought of? Oh, um, yeah. There are some. There are some really. Uh, let's see. The one that's coming to mind is Jake Cambron. He's got a joke that is. It's. I mean, and and again, like with my persona, I can't say this joke, mm-hmm. but is so funny. He he talks about being a barista. Oh, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, okay. he, <laughs> Is it the room for cream? Yes, it's the okay. room for cream joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love this joke. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. It's so good. Yeah, I've, see, I've, heard, I've seen him do it several times. And the, uh, the, one, the one time I even saw him do it and his mic got cut right before the punchline i'm like you're kidding you're you're depriving this audience of the best joke that has come out of amateur you know denver comedy that is so good that's good shout out to jake man that's funny um what do you think is the best joke that you've written or what what is your favorite joke yeah my favorite joke um i mean it goes like this i'm a high school teacher the other day on my way to school i killed a bunny the one day I walk. Amazing. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite joke. Yeah. I, I love that style of joke, the the misdirect, mm-hmm. surprise, whatever we're calling it. And those are so hard to write. Like, Did you actually you, kill a bunny? I'm wondering no. where that Oh man. Okay. <laughs> what happened was is I had a different story uh-huh. and I kept trying to work it and work it and work it. And then I'm like, well, let's put myself in there as opposed to, because here's the thing with, with at least I, the way I think about clean comedy is it's not just don't curse, don't talk about sex. It's a lot more of what are you mocking? What are you making fun of? Hmm. Where, what's the target of your, of your critique? And, and so like, uh, I've heard guys like, I did a clean show and I made fun of Mormons and they still got mad at me. Well, yeah, because you're making fun of Mormons. Oh. That makes total sense to me. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, 
um, me only making fun of myself. So I am going to be the butt of every single joke. Now mm-hmm. I have a PhD. I'm married. I have plenty of money. I don't care. You know, like I'm not a, I got a health insurance. It's no <laughs> big deal. Make fun of me, you know? Sure. Um, so I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm secure enough, you know? Anyway. So I, I had this joke about uh, another teacher and this is totally true. Uh-huh. Is this other teacher, the very first time I met him, told this long story about these bunnies that got into his yard and these uh-huh. bunnies would get into his yard. And then he figured out that bunnies don't have great stamina. So he would chase the bunny back and forth in the yard for like 20 minutes. And then the bunny eventually just gives up. Wow. Cause they're sprinting and then they just give up. So you're not faster. Humans aren't faster than bunnies, but they have better endurance. Wow. So he grabs the things, he picks up the bunny and I'm like, okay, well, he's going to get rid of the, you know, he's going to put it on the other side of the fence. He drowns it in a bucket. Whoa. Like, what? Whoa. <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> My mind is blown at that. And I'm like, I've got to try that. And I tried that on stage so many times. Really didn't work because I'm, I'm kind of making fun of this guy. And, you know, so right. I just, I tried to change it a little bit unbelievable yeah what did he teach is does he teach home ec or something why like what causes a person to be that angry at a bunny what's going on oh that's probably the best part is he's the he's the bible teacher (laughs) (laughs) oh that is so funny peace be with him and the Um, crazy the crazy thing is is this was a big meeting that he's telling the story in there's several of us there and nobody questions it (laughs) nobody's like dude and I'm Nobody just freaking asked out. why or Nobody asked why. And I'm I mean, I understand bunnies are nuisances for homeowners. I get it. Uh-huh. But there's gotta be a better way. But they're all like, Yeah, that's the way to do it. And I'm the only I'm not a homeowner though, so I don't really know. I've never had to deal with a bunny problem. Maybe that is the best way. And so I'm just sitting there, I'm like, This is this is nutty. Oh my goodness. Wow. Unbelievable. Um do you, I guess moving on, do you have a favorite street joke or like a joke joke kind of that's just like floating around like two guys walk into a bar type joke? Let's see. Um, yeah, uh, let's, let's, there's a, there's a few. Oh, this is my favorite. Uh, so one that I didn't come up with is, uh, did you hear about those corduroy pillows? They're making headlines. Ah, That's my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite joke. All right. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Um, I know a lot of comedians keep funny notes on their phone. Do you happen to do that at all? No, I use a, a, a regular notebook. Um, and then the um, if I don't have my notebook with me or for whatever reason, I'll email it to myself. Okay. So um, the- I guess if you wouldn't mind, do you, do you think you could share the three most recent things that you sure. thought were funny that you're like, oh, this is worth yeah, writing down? I got my, uh, I'll see my, my email. Beautiful. <laughs> my emails here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Uh, here's there, here's the, the first one. My wife feels safe around me mm-hmm. uh, because I can either fight off the danger or she can outrun me. Uh-huh. Uh, my school was so small that we had ugly cheerleaders, <laughs> which is a little more mean than I'm used to, but you yeah, know, I got to write it down. Uh, and let's see here. Uh, the passenger visor when I'm driving as uh, a mirror and, and people will put that down. My wife will put the passion advisor down. I can't see if she does that because I'm actually looking above the rear view mirror. Oh, whoa. So 
Damn. Cuts off half of the windshield. Oh, that's funny. Okay, you could go somewhere with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's the, what's the best comedic advice you've ever heard? Ooh, yeah. Um, I mean, I I like uh, I don't know. Probably just write more. Write a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that would be that would be some of it. I like. When I think when I think about like what I would say to another comedian that is not um, you know that's just a normal guy it wouldn't be necessarily advice coming from me I'm sure it's secondhand advice but you know write and perform it and you know work out the material and you're not going to be good at the beginning and it you know it takes a little while mm-hmm. um, patience and maybe maybe cut out maybe the this I did read a book. Um, mastering stand-up or something like that it has a big um uh microphone on the cover of it mm-hmm. and it was like underline the parts that are supposed to be funny and mm-hmm. so write your joke out and then underline the parts that are supposed to be funny and try to make basically very few words in between the underlying parts interesting and so like really cut it out and so right. i've actually got, i've gotten uh some feedback for so world series of comedy they'll do a thing where you submit uh, your video uh-huh. and then you'll get accepted or maybe not to some of their festivals. On <sighs> Because some people couldn't make it. And, um, but they gave me my feedback. And so like professional comedians watch it and then they type out, I mean, four or five paragraphs of here's what we think about your material. I'm like, that was super helpful. And one of the guys, I remember him ty- typing out, I was like, I have never told comedians this before. I usually tell them the opposite. But you're the only guy that I, c- I should tell. You need to put some more stuff in there. Like mm. Most of the time I'm telling them to cut things out, cut things out, cut things out. You don't need that part. And like for you, you need to add a little more, which is weird, you know. Yeah, and I've never I, heard I, that. I, I know. Yeah, you always do it the other way. I cut. I am a... Right. You know, don't need that part. I like the idea about underlining what's supposed to be funny, though. Yeah. That's pretty smart. Um, How do you think you became a funny person to begin with? Yeah. um, Well, you know, if you're not good looking, you got to be funny. So Exactly. uh, That's what I tell people all the time. (laughs) It's one or the other. That's it. It's one or the other. I have a friend who's really good looking. He's trying to be a comic. I'm like, you're never going to make it. Never. Um, but uh, I think that's part of it. I'm the, I'm the youngest. And a lot of times the youngest, so I have two older brothers. A lot of times okay. that is just kind of a recipe for, I need to come in there and diffuse things with humor. Ease tension. Exactly. Yeah. That's my, yeah, I get that's that. my role. Um, and I think part of it, I mean, some people have said this, and I, I agree that um, that humor is just showing people that you're smart, and mm. I like that. Like, I like to show off. I mean, and I can't show off with speed, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> I can't dunk anymore. I can't do it, you know. So, right. how am I going to show off? You anymore? Uh, you used to be able to dunk. Well, I am six eight. So yeah, <laughs> six nine. Okay, six nine. <laughs> Nice. What position did you play in basketball? I was the center. Yeah. You were a I was, center. I was a center and I never, never came out of the game. Like my senior year, I, I don't think I came out for a second. 
in the whole whole year. You played um, the entire like you will Chamberlain it just the yeah. entire forty eight. Well, minutes. I think uh, well I got fouled out. I remember I got fou- I fouled out my first game of my senior year because I, this is what reason I remember it is I got a triple double. So I had nice. uh, and then most people get triple doubles with assists, mm-hmm. rebounds, and points. Mine was points, rebounds, and blocks. I had Whoa, 15, nice. 15 blocks the first game my senior year, fouled out, and we lost the game. So uh, there you go. <laughs> how many points did you score that game? Do you remember? Uh, probably over 20. I was averaging about I was averaging 26, 27, something like that. What was your career high? I think my career high was like 32. You were like a that. decent player, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, do you still have game? Like, do you have that? Like baby hook shot still or something like that? Yeah. What I – yeah. So, like, what I would do is um, I played basketball in a very physical way, right? Mm-hmm. So, because I was all, also played football like an offensive lineman. So, I played basketball like an offensive lineman a little bit more than I probably should have. Like you and tackle so people. I remember – yeah. Right. <laughs> I remember what I would do the first couple times down the, down the court you know, whenever the shot goes off, I box out and I boxed out so hard. Not even, I don't want the ball. I don't want the ball at all. I want to box you out to the point that you're like, I'm not going for the ball ever again this game. (laughs) And so you do that three or four times. The guy stops going for the ball. You can do um, a lot of, I got a lot of trash buckets of, you know, somebody shoots, I get the ball, I put it right back up. Um, I, I also had, I had a killer uh, elbow shot, you know, right there at the, the sure. free throw line. I could just hit that every single time. And it would usually leave me open, right? Wow. Um, because it's like, oh, it's the big guy. He's he's there at the elbow, you know. But that's your spot. That's, that's spot. awesome, man. Yeah. I would love to play you one-on-one when this is all over. <laughs> um, it's, what's your plan for comedy moving forward? Yeah. Like, do you plan on staying as consistent, or has this whole thing sort of demotivated you? What's your idea? I would plan? say, if anything, this has motivated me more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have. I'm not. I'm not certain if I would say I've been thriving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you got to get on stage at least a little bit to to be thriving. But I counted it up. Um, I have a show on Saturday, and with that, it would be 18 performances in May. Wow, that's awesome! And so, uh, you know, I'm getting out there and and I'm writing a lot of stuff. So, um, what I'd really like to do is I I'm because I'm clean and because I'm you know um, maybe older, you know, and uh, than a lot of the other guys. I'm I'm really looking forward to like trying to get into the corporate scene. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be a blast for me. Um, uh, I was talking to, well, I was listening to this podcast with, it was Tobler, Brant Tobler's podcast. Mm-hmm. And he, he was saying, you know, like one of the ways to make money in comedy is obviously to be a, a big name, be famous. Sure. Like the reason that they're there is to see you or another way is to be very safe so that people mm-hmm. are coming to, you know, this Christmas party or whatever and nobody's going to leave offended. Everybody's going to have a good time. I'm mm. like, and he, and he, you know, he did, he didn't like that idea as much. I'm like, I love that idea. Yeah. I love the idea of using comedy to bring people together. Right. You know, like I don't want to be divisive. Well, we got enough of that. Yeah, let's no let's all laugh at this stupid, 
you know, cheese joke. Let's all, <laughs> you know, make fun of me together. You know, like I'm doing right. that. Well, who cares? You know, so let's that's all drown bunnies of. together. Yeah, no, I get it a little bit. Um, that's funny. Uh, let's see a couple more, I guess. I was going to ask if you know any card tricks. I don't know if you have cards on I don't have card, cards deck, on. I do so to speak. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I do have some card tricks. But you yeah. do know card tricks. I do know to card tricks. Uh, I, I've, got, I've got a couple of them that are pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, and I have, I've got, I mean, there are, there are such things as, as trick decks. And so I have some trick decks. Hmm. And there's some, so like, if you didn't know what this deck was, Mm-hmm. I could show you some of you, but like, that's amazing. But once I show you, if I could, show, you know, show you what the trick is, it's like, right. it's not that hard. Okay. Um, it really takes the magic out of it. The, you can look it up. It's the Svengali deck or another one's called the stripper deck. And, um, you mm. know, they're like eight bucks on Amazon and you can really blow someone's mind. Funny. All right. Maybe in the next one. Um, <laughs> do you ever tell jokes? Like you said, you used to be a preacher. Did you put yeah. jokes in the sermons or? Yeah. So I would do a lot of stories uh-huh. in there and I would do them and I would do some jokes on purpose with, with that. The thing about it is, is some things don't work. Some things that work really well on a comedy stage don't work on a, on a, a church stage. And it's, weird because it to me it doesn't quite make sense i think it's just you know hey you know this is too maybe too um self-deprecating of the guy who's preaching you know Mm -hmm. that's that's part of it uh i I would i would guess on that but yeah i've told a lot of stories one of the stories that i've told i'm trying to try to get into um and into the the act is when i was a little kid i i found a cat and I knew from cartoons they could grab the cat by the scruff of the neck mm-hmm. and carry it around, but I grabbed it by the front of the neck, <laughs> which is also called the throat, and <laughs> the cat did not like that. And so I've told that story, you know, when preaching a few times and uh, tried to work it on stage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of harming animals. I like it. Let's ground bunnies. <laughs> let's choke cats. It sounds like you you know your style, so I don't believe you from what you said earlier. Yeah. Stick with that. Uh, I only got a few more. My last one before we just get into rapid fire questions. What are you most grateful for today? Today, um, real grateful for summer. Um, yeah. One of the I had a big project that was due, um, I guess uh, Wednesday, and um, it was it was really nice to get that off my plate. It was something kind of hanging over me and I hate that. Um, and so it feels like for the first time in a long time, I haven't, I don't have anything kind of hanging over me. I just finished my, uh, my PhD. And so I had my dissertation for a long, for years. Yeah. My dissertation for years hanging over me and just like, there's never any downtime because you should be working on this, but I have to have some. And so like, I feel like I am actually allowed to go play now. You wow. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. I can, if I want to spend all day just writing jokes or, or watching stand up or uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, which I love that show. Oh, I love uh, it. I've seen everyone five times. Yeah, I get it. I can't, I haven't seen them all. See, the thing is, is I have to, I watch them so slow. I pause, I talk to my wife, I ruin the show. I, and then I get so excited about comedy. I go right and I, I just, I can't, I can't binge it. 
Wow, like, that's, you know, that's so, like motivation fuel for yes, you then. Yeah, really savor it while you have it because yeah. I burned through it in like a week. <laughs> I wish I would have done what you're doing. What's your favorite one that you've seen so far? Uh, so, so there's a there. Uh, hmm. I, I'm gonna have to say Jamie Fox. Uh, oh, nice. So okay, absolutely loved his. He so far has been the funniest guy, and I don't think it's fair because he's so talented in other ways. He's talented. Oh, dude, the he's the most talented guy. person that was ever born. I've been trying to make this case for five years. He's unbelievable in everything unbelievable. he's ever done. And and him and Dana Carvey, I saw both of those on the same day, and they both were had had me in stitches. Wow. Because of impressions. And mm. I don't do impressions. I've never done impressions. When I did improv, they would make you do characters. And I was terrible at it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of went more to short form, like the whose line is anyway style. And I really don't do characters. Man, I'd love to. Well, you're leaving a good impression on me, if that means anything. <laughs> um, I guess I want to just wrap this up by asking a bunch of rapid fire questions. So first thing that comes to mind, whatever you got. Um, got it. I'll just come straight out with it. What's your favorite color? Uh, orange. What's the worst injury you ever had? I broke my wrist playing football. When's the last time you tried something new? Uh, last Sunday, pineapple. Nice. First time trying pineapple. Yeah, it was nasty. Unbelievable. Um, what's your favorite smell? Oh, um, leather. Are you addicted to anything? I... I Addicted is a strong word, but probably uh, soda, Mountain Dew. Okay. Do you collect anything? Uh, buy too many books. Uh, that's for sure. Not a bad thing. What's your pin number? Uh, pin number is the same as uh, a, uh, the, the birth year of the man who I wrote my dissertation on. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll go look that up. Um, what's your most <laughs> prized possession? Ooh. I have a uh, birdhouse that's shaped like a caboose that a uh, 90-year-old World War II veteran made for me. Fantastic. Uh, Do you pick your nose? Oh, yeah. How do you dispose? What's your technique? Uh, Flick. You're picking flick? (laughs) You don't put them on anything right you don't save them or oh you know sometimes you got to i mean okay depends i like it uh what's the difference I also like between a good, i like a good farmer blow too you know just the oh hold the one close yeah. and shoot it into oh, a bucket man. love it uh what's the difference between love and in love uh i oh that's you know i think um I think in love is what children uh, want to do, and love is what a grown man, a grown woman will do for the rest of his life. I think love is a commitment, and in love is a feeling that you're chasing because you're a child. Whoa, well said. (laughs) Um, Who do you think you are? Uh, I think I am two guys at the same time. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, both physically, like if you squish two guys together, you'd get about me. Sure, um, sure. But also the the religious theologian type guy, and also the comedian goofball. Um, who's your best friend? Ooh. Uh, my best friend growing up was a guy named Darren. Uh, now uh, I've got some comedic friends that are really good, Stephen, and uh, I'll maybe go Dexter. Nice. Okay. Shout out to Steven and Dex. Uh, what do you recommend? 
I recommend uh, people uh, read more and um, to not do drugs. Uh, what's your biggest <laughs> pet peeve? Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, let's see. I don't... Oh, uh, when I can't open my door on my car all the way. Does that happen a lot? Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. And like, I got to open it pretty much all the way right. to comfortably get in. But I feel like you're um, the guy that drives a Prius as well, just to do it, just because it's funny. Um, I did drive a Mini Cooper for years. Ah, not uh, surprising at all. <laughs> uh, my last one, just fill in the blank. My name is Jake Hovis, and I am. My name is Jake Hovis, and I am having a blast. All right. Jake Hovis having a blast. Thank you for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. That's been just about an hour, actually, on the dot. Fun. Nice, man. Yeah, nice. we did it. Thank you so much for this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I hope to see you around. Like I was telling you, man, I was trying to run into you out there in the wild before all this happened, but here we are. We made it here happen. So, All right, man. I appreciate, yeah, I really it. appreciate well, it. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you later, man. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Sounds good. And there you have it. Uh, there you have it. That was Big Jake Hovis. Uh, and I feel like Big is his sub first name. It's like in parentheses before Jake. I can't think of Jake Hovis without thinking of Big Jake Hovis. Um, and man, it's so cool to learn that you actually played basketball in high school. I would love to play Jake Hovis one-on-one. Um, I mean, if it ever gets down to it and we need to play a game of one-on-one, I'm five foot seven. Jake is like six, eight, six, nine. What did he say? Six foot nine. Yeah, uh, man, I could do it. Um, it sounds like he's probably going to block a lot of shots at the rim, but I got a nasty step back jumper. I have an okay set of dribbles and handles, but my mid range is on point. My three has an arc man if you're listening jake if you're listening to the end of this interview which is your own that's awesome it's cool but please hit me up and i want to play you one-on-one uh when all this is over of course right so we won't have to wear masks and be afraid of flagrant fouls and contact and things like that um but a huge shout out to you thank you jake for doing this silly zoom interview um man i have so much fun talking to comedians and learning about their perspectives on comedy and why they chose to get into it and all this type of stuff i'm such a nerd when it comes to that man and i love asking comedians questions and i'm just so lucky that during all of this i've had a a project or a hobby to keep me motivated and sane and have some sort of stability and cement in my life you know with all this going on it's crazy like i'm thinking about living in another country like how nice would that be if i could just get away um and i don't know if that's the right thing i don't know if that's running away it's just like with all this stuff going on oh my goodness what a slap to the face 2020 has been um but all of that aside uh i'm just so grateful that i get to sit down and talk to comedians and people that share the same interest and love the same thing that i do uh it's a blessing it truly is eternally grateful if any other comedians are out there listening and especially if you've made it this far i am only a message away and i would love to interview you i want to talk to you and i want to ask you 
why you weren't at the protest. No, actually, I want to ask you about comedy, and uh, and I want to get into that, because that would be a lot of fun. So I'm only a message away. All of that, again, is in the description. You can email, you can send it on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok. You can do all these different things and get a hold of me. I'm everywhere um, at this point. There is no hiding from the government, from the FBI, from whatever the thing that Edward Snowden pointed out to people that were like, hey, you know, they're doing this, whatever that organization was. I can't hide at this point. I'm all over the internet. Um, so anyways, my point being, I'm easy to find. Just hit me up. Let's record a podcast and make an interview happen. Um, also, again, I just want to give one quick, quick plug uh, to last week's podcast um first i guess non i mean i've had other non-comedians but this is an artist of another art form um so first artist that isn't a comedian and it was just so wonderful to talk to slake dronsky i love that interview so much and he has put out his album colors which all of the stream streaming profits and like all of this stuff right all of the profits basically from the first month of the album's life are going to anything black lives matter and it's just such a beautiful thing to do and such an awesome move to make and i have the utmost respect for that and if again i can get anybody to go and listen to that album you guys are making a difference not only in your own life for listening to good music and a talented artist but to a cause that actually matters. Um, So please go and listen to that podcast. If you don't listen to that podcast, at least listen to the album Colors by Slake Dronsky. I can't say that enough. Uh, I'm very proud of that interview, and I'm just so excited to share that. It's been out for about a week now. Um, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Uh, So let's see what's on the agenda next i'm gonna try to get another comedian on here i don't want to announce any names but hopefully in a week's time i will be uh sitting down with another comedian and let's talk comedy again so i'm gonna get out of here uh thank you so much for listening all the way through at the end here uh this one going a tiny bit long but it's for the best uh this one was a lot of fun to record and thank you for listening i gotta get out of here and go work at a restaurant in a pandemic because that's my life so i'll see you later thanks for listening your connection sucks